don't even know how to start this, other than to say it's me, Cindy, and I feel like it just wouldn't be right if I didn't pay some sort of tribute to Jeff Beck, who's no longer among the living. I mean, it's not like we were close, but he factored into my life so much for so long that, well, I'm really going to miss having him here on Earth, thinking at any given time that he was in a studio or on tour or playing with his border collies. Yeah, border collies. Or working on his car or having a sandwich. It's not just that I appreciated the music he made, but I just adored him for ages. To be more precise, since I was 14, so it's been a while. And him, more than maybe any other musician ever. And that's saying a lot because I really love and appreciate some mighty fine musicians, songwriters, singers, guitar players, bass players, who've all contributed to making my life that much better because of the music they made or helped make. You know when you hear a piece of music and it just goes right to your heart, sounds like, makes you feel like it's your very soul? God, I hope you do, because that's magic. And that's why sometimes when you're feeling sad or bored or empty, music can lift it right out of you. Obviously, I have that relationship with music, and I know I'm not alone. Music is food for your soul, key to survival if you give your emotions as much weight as you give your health or at least your body. So when you have songs that hit you deeply, that resonate that beautifully, you have a tendency sometimes to give the band or the person or both a lot of credit and a piece of your heart. Sometimes it's more than a piece. There have been a handful of musicians who have won my, well, maybe not always hard-earned, love or adoration. Different levels of love, some less connected to my deepest. Listen, I'm going to try not to go overboard, okay? But I'm feeling a little over-emotional the last couple days, so it's a big pullback on my part to stay less effusive. Stick with me if you can. I have loved, really loved, loads of songs, albums, when that was the mode of delivery. But there have only been a very few musicians who I've become devoted to. Jeff Beck was at the top of that list. And maybe because I was so young when I fell so hard, or because there were, of course, so many songs and albums that got so deep under my skin that they and he became a part of me. And with his some 50-plus years of making music, unlike most or most other bands and musicians, he rarely stayed in one lane. Aside from the countless musicians he played with as a guest or a session guy, his solo career charted an adventurous path following wherever he wanted to explore next. I'm not hitting Wikipedia for this, so don't hold me 100% accurate, but I'm just giving you my condensed version of his career, the highlights, the music you may want to listen to if you're wondering, what's the big deal about this guy? Well, like Clapton and Page and Keith Richards, he fell madly in love with guitars. I think he was six years old at the time. The American blues and rock and roll, and because it was the time before everybody and their brother wanted to be in a band or have a career in music, timing was good and opportunities were self-made and much more likely to get you somewhere. His first foray into the big time was with the Yardbirds. He had a couple of big hits in the mid-60s. By the late 60s, he formed his own band with Rod Stewart on vocals. Now, if you only know Rod Stewart as the guy behind pop hits or doing covers of American standards, take a listen to what he did on the album Truth or Beckola before he ventured off into his own solo career. He killed it. They killed it. They killed me. Rod belting a couple of great Elvis covers, and then, entirely or so it felt, from left field, Girl from Mill Valley. 
was such a sweet and beautiful instrumental, which almost didn't belong among the other tracks. But there it was, giving Nicky Hopkins a chance to shine. Then the Jeff Beck group lineup entirely changed for the next two albums, still churning out solid blues and rock, gutsy vocals on some really great blues and rock tunes, even a Dylan cover, with Jeff getting more and more creative and playful, weaving his guitar through each track. There was the stretch where he had Beck, Bogart, and Apathy, not my cup of tea, but I was happy enough to wait it out till his next chapter. And when that came, my heart almost literally stopped cold. Blow by Blow is one of my favorite desert island albums. You know, if you were stuck on a desert island and only had one album, what would it be? Assuming you had a way to play it, of course. Blow by Blow was masterful, mind-blowing, earth-shattering, dazzling, and it still hits home when I hear it. It was a venture in diffusion. Jazz plus rock plus romance plus playfulness. Oh, I do go on. But he had to have been proud of this one. It slayed me. It slayed me in the best possible way. I saw him on the Blow by Blow tour. And when he came on stage, I inched my way closer and closer as the security guys, one by one, let me get a little farther until I was standing at his feet against the stage, watching his hands on the neck his fingers working the strings and making just indisputable magic. I stood in awe until the time was up and I returned to my seat, dazzled and dazed. That was when he was not as comfortable, maybe, in front of an audience, or when he was just so in tune, pardon the pun, that it was only him and his guitar in the whole universe. That's what I got to see. He had more fun later, at some point when it seemed that he started to enjoy being part of the band, or maybe it was just that what he was creating and eking out during that tour demanded that level of involvement. All I know is that it was something to watch. Blow by Blow was relatively early in the trajectory of career. He went on, often staying in the instrumental lane, and for good reason. You don't need a human when the guitar is handling the vocals. He probably put out another dozen albums or so. I have most passed on his dalliance with electronica and wasn't curious about his most recent album with Johnny Depp on vocals. What that man could get out of a guitar who wanted to have anything masked or any other voice. Not me, at least. He was also really great at picking out bass players to tour with. I was surprised, not surprised, seeing one tour with Pino Palladino, a bass player who I spotted a couple of years before that and who ultimately went on to fill the shoes of John Entwistle for The Who. Yeah, I know a great bass player when I see him. But Jeff also hired some fabulous women to back him up on bass, which I just loved, breaking whatever nutty tradition always gave that spot to men. And for all the times I saw him in concert, so close and yet farther away than I wanted to be, the dream, the desire, the need, the compulsion to meet him just kept hammering me. And each concert, I would do whatever I could to make that happen. Well, not ever I could, but you know what I mean. Me, to security guard, shouting over the crowd noise, what are the odds I could go backstage and meet Jeff? Security guard. Filet mignon, me. Filet mignon? Thinking that was a good sign. Security guard shakes head, speaking louder. Slim to none. 
Yeah, that really happened just like that. But then finally, after so many concerts and so many years and so many attempts to meet him, it happened. Lane and I finally with our backstage passes walking back and there he was chatting with a couple of people. His manager walks over to us, introduces him as though I mattered and left us to talk. He was charming in a way that seemed like that was really just him. And we talked about music and having it matter and playing and whatever else. And it was really like we were just old friends having time to catch up. Nobody around except Lane, who was stealthily taking photos while I got to realize a dream. Was I lucky or what? And the best of it? That he was the guy I thought he would be. Funny and warm and, yeah, that guy. I got two texts from two close friends within a few moments. The first from Pat said, Sorry, kid, quite a loss. I gulped. He lived what looked like a sane and sensible life for a famous rocker, may he be at peace. And with a wave of, oh no, pulsing through me, I read Leanna's text. So sorry. I just heard the news that Jeff Beck died. I immediately thought of you. More messages followed over the course of the evening from old and dear friends who knew I would be gutted at news of his loss. But there was something very comforting about those notes, that he had been significant in my life, and that it was a given that this would be hard news. Another reminder of how grateful I am to have the love of so many good people. Lisa and J-Bone and Lear and Cheryl, who all knew this news would be hard and wanted to soften the blow. When all is said and done, he had a great life. He has left a lengthy, lovely legacy that will keep his spirit among us. There will be people who, maybe having missed him earlier, will discover him now and be wowed. And I am thankful that he's a featured player of the soundtrack of my life. And now this, a desert island song, if ever there was one. From Blow by Blow, this is Jeff Beck and Diamond Dust.